uh, we're not even going to do we're not even going to do what we le- did last time where I said, "Hey, could you introduce yourself?" Because this is a follow up conversation, Stefan. Yep. Follow up conversation. With I know. Eric. Eric. <laughs> Top Gun Fensler. <laughs> I don't know if you had a nickname, Eric. What would it be? Do you have a nickname already? You're listening to Can't Sell This, a podcast about creativity, creatives, and their process, with your hosts. Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Uh, people call me Fence, Fenceler. Fence. They call me by my, Is that right? A lot of, a lot of people um, call me Fenceler um, by oh, my Fence. last name. Yeah, or <laughs> that? Fence. Or That's Biggie. amazing. Or, or Biggie. E. Or Biggie. Or e. Or, or e. Big E or E. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, my last yeah. name is Elliot, so I get to be Mr. E. So mystery, dude. Nobody ever ones. has ever done that because it, it's <laughs> not a mystery at all. Anyways, Eric was such a great conversation the last time, and, and I'm really glad that Stefan insisted on on having a follow up. You guys are the best. You guys are sweet. I'm so glad um, you guys introduced yourselves. So it's really great to meet you, Stefan. Good to meet you too, man. Yeah, you are you you are a genuinely nice person. But here, hold on a second before I get into the flattery. There's something you you told me after I turned off the recording that I really need to get out into this recording because it's going to be like a big surprise. Okay. But you told me after we recorded, after we turned it off and we were having a, a conversation, was you'd say yeah, we talk, I feel like we talked longer afterwards than the podcast. <laughs> well, you know, we had a couple drinks, we're hanging yeah. out, you're making yeah, sure nobody's breaking yeah. into your garage. Oh, that was crazy. Yeah. Well, you, you had a break in. So we're yeah. that's old news though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's it's all in the past. Did you set a trap? No, but like I have a, a camera now. I have cameras oh, now. I was going to say some kind of a, a, a elaborate coyote-based trap that has Acme written on it somewhere. That's not a bad idea either, actually. Hardly Might ever, as far as I can tell <laughs> from the Roadrunner cartoons. Anyway, so no, here's 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 the thing. is is something that came to light afterwards was that you never intended to release the G.I. Joe videos. That's where I right. was like... Can you can you tell that one again and actually do it while we're recording? Because I was like, what? I didn't plan on putting them up on the internet only because um, I I was intimidated by the internet and still am uh, more so than I was before. I mean, I think every all of my um, all of my what would you say precautions were tr- come tr- have come true in this day and age. Mm. The things that I was scared of came true but in hindsight um and maybe um you know like back then um maybe just letting go of my ego i put them up a bit i felt you know when i made those things um i intended them to be seen um with groups of people um in screenings and shown as as um you know as a film or a short film or as a work of art like uh so I felt like putting it just up on the internet for people to see and pass around and, and copy and, and put their watermark or their name on it. Um, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I mean, cause uh, I went, 
I grew up as like a fan of like people like William Wegman, like a video artist and um, these people that would make these videos and um, show them in galleries and have them as works of art. I always thought that, um, I don't know. I just, not to say that I was at that level or that's what my goal was, but. But that's an aspiration. That was just the intention of the work was to make it as a gallery piece, as a, as a work of art. And uh, now I plan to um, sell it for $100 million on NFT <laughs> cryptocurrency. <laughs> well, you know, um, so now you someone can, <laughs> so now people can buy the GI Joe PSAs that are original. Uh, no, yeah, frame kidding. by frame, sell every frame individually. Yeah. Every frame. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, Although that might no, end up with copyright infringement. But um, I mean, no, I just didn't uh, intend to put them up for, um, for that reason, I guess. I don't know. I just was kind of just intimidated by the inter- internet is my short answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad that I did. I mean, and, and, um, yeah, my girlfriend at the time was like, yeah, you should just put them up for people to see, share the stuff, like let people see it. And, and she's yeah. right. And, and, and that, um, and, and that to me was, was what was most surprising about that you relating that was you you're like i didn't want to do it i didn't want to put them up i only intended them to be gallery based you know that's like yeah, a, i think it was one part ego and one part just scared of the internet i just like i i just the the, the whole thing freaks me out and now it's just like a complete mess <laughs> now it's just yeah. like now i really don't feel like putting anything up um Mm-hmm. And maybe that's even still bad, but I don't feel like putting it up for different reasons now. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. It's really weird, isn't it? Um, you're, you're supposed to just like really just make art and, and um, give it out and never really intend for anything in return. That's the beautiful thing about really good art um, is, um, you know, just making it and never really expecting anything other than people like uh you know finding joy in what you made mm-hmm. um so um but yeah no i i yeah i don't know I, my mind is racing on the on the answer because well just so i mean many- it, it, i think because of the fact that we're going through what is what is most understandably a cultural shift in art and digital art and that, that the value of art, like is, just in the past two weeks, we're dealing with, I mean, past month, really, people with his original mm-hmm. auction, um, we're dealing with what is what is a paradigm shift in art, in, right. just no, as a general 100%, sense. So I can 100%. see why you're struggling right now, like even, even discussing it is like, who, like, that was two days ago, $69 million, yep. two days ago. And we're all still sitting there, like, as people who have shared a drink, with people you know it's like that fucking guy, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah he's, good super, for, he's super talented yeah I'm, I'm, listen yeah. i got no i got no resentment or jealousy at all i think it's fantastic that's a man that like he it's put just, effort into it but the fact that he he even goes what yeah you know? exactly like, it's it's yeah. the, it's the fact that this is just it's just one of us right he's just one yeah. of us um, you know, I would say that a lot of the stuff that he does is is actually very rem- reminiscent of your work, Eric. In that he, it's like it's partially done for fun. It's, it, there's a little bit of of commentary in there 
just expressing his own points of view, but no but sacred I feel cows, like a lot right? Of, yeah, no, it's not like it's not like he ever intended to go out there and be like, I'm going to be the king of the art world. Yeah, not, you're absolutely right. Yeah, no, you're and, right. And he was like, just oh, yeah. Sorry, keep going. No, no, it's uh, it, the the whole. It's I mean the art world and and writing artist statements and getting your st- stuff in gallery and and being at that like highbrow level. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody I know or respect as an artist has ever really been a part of that or wanted to be a part of that, at least. Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, yeah, the, 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 the work that he sold 5,000, um, every days, you know, every days. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. I remember when he was doing all that and he was like questioning whether he was, if he was making a good decision on doing this. Right, like it was really wearing him out. But I'm so glad that $69 million was on the other end of it. Well, uh, I mean, and, and, and I that's not see. even including the original, the original three million or whatever that he made, right? Off right, of hundred right. hundred pieces. And but what what I find really amazing is that he's he's essentially said like, well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna mint a hundred pieces and sell them all for a dollar. So if you get them, good for you. And there are people like sharing videos of. Uh, of themselves reselling those things that they spent a dollar on for like a couple hundred grand and, and like crying, like this has made an impact on my life. And he's just like, well, that's fantastic. Right. Like, I'm really glad that that's how it worked out. Totally. That's so crazy. Mm hmm. Um, anyway, sorry. I, this is a that's an aside. It's funny we're all completely stunned. Like we're still de- yeah, dealing yeah. with a, a pandemic in which we are all like affected by and totally. and yet and yet this other thing that happens that can make it an incredible amount of money that is unaffected entirely by the pandemic right but but right, perhaps yeah. but perhaps it's an offshoot of the pandemic when you think about it people are not able to go to a galleries they're not able to appreciate art they're not able to do the things that they normally did and here comes someone saying look i'll just put art out and you can buy it and how's that Right, like the people that first want to own an AI-produced piece of art, first want to own whatever, they're going to spend the money. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, it's so. I mean, my like again, my mind is just going all over the place. And no distri- disrespect to people, but like, no, not at all. I just think about the person that bought it, right? Who wants to remain anonymous? Um, yeah. Like, I'm just picturing them like at their house like how do they enjoy that work is it on like some digital display (laughs) and they yeah kind of flip through it and look at it you know like Mm -hmm. it's different i would say than like you know owning like a monet um yes or you know any kind of um you know pick anybody from the renaissance or the impressionist period you own original of that you know which is i'm sure goes for 20 million 30 million dollars half half of what people maybe even more i don't even know what mm-hmm. a, Mo- a monet would go for um but yeah i don't know again my mind is racing just how do it's, you appreciate yeah. that digital work and sit on that work and then you know i don't know eventually don't know. when the pandemic lifts then someone's like yeah we're having you know the people exhibition every for everyone to see the five thousand and yeah um it's a i don't know again my mind is racing on just your question of (laughs) (laughs) 
you well, isn't it, isn't it so weird, right? Like, because I mean, when we when we came off of it, you were talking about pursuing an, another piece that that you're like, I don't know, I kind of thought I might do this. I stayed away from video for these these kind of videos for so long. I think I might want to go this direction. And you know, I'm like, yeah, you should do that. But now, like, are you still sort of sitting there going, well, I don't know, man. I'm really questioning everything, and you know, like, it's such a Oh my God, that's another Pandora's box question. Am I questioning everything? Yes, I am. Of course (laughs) I am. I mean, that's what the pandemic has done to me. I mean, I mean, we could go down the gamut of like, I mean, go down the rabbit hole of like, I mean, just the whole Robin Hood thing and the GameStop, like, basically, you know, these rich people holding, putting a gun in people's mouth and saying, no, you can't do that in broad daylight. And then just like everything else on the internet, it's, you know, on to the next thing. Yep. Like it's not even really addressed or, or it just, it just like blew my mind. Like how are these people not held accountable for that action? Um, yeah. Like, how, how, it's, how are they getting away with that? And how are things are, like, things are moving faster than, than even I thought were a year ago, you know, like, you 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 had an insurrection in the states there's like a like from that time to now there's been a ton of little things that have gone on where you just go i don't even know how to keep up you know what i mean that's the most thing is that think about that and and i don't know if you've ever seen this documentary called hypernormalization uh it's made by Mm. the bbc uh in the early 2000s it's on prime i think though um, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a three-hour documentary, and and I do um, recommend you know people um, check it out and look at it. It, it. I'm not saying it's the Bible, and it's you know it's all everything that they're saying is right, but I do think it is a great outsider's perspective of um, how we got to where we are today, and the yeah. fact that it's a you know I think it's like a six or seven, maybe ten-year-old documentary, and how much has changed in that time is astonishing. And to say that we're moving at such an elevated pace now, I mean, uh, it's just going to get faster and faster and crazier and crazier. Again, like it just makes my head spin. Um, (laughs) But yeah, the fact that these crazy things are happening in broad daylight for people to see and, and then being brushed off, you got to go then my then my next step or like thinking is like well what the hell is happening behind closed doors like mm-hmm. don't like yeah like what orchestrations are going on right um because, listen i i and and, and sorry we're getting <laughs> so hate far to, away here we're, we're so far away again, we're, we're in this we're in this like oh boy seat, yeah. we're entering into dangerous territory and, and uh, there there is no i have no issue with this this is one of those things where Stefan and i are old hands at tangents we are very mm-hmm. good at going off off track very fast and and staying with it for as long as it that makes sense i wanted to I, the, the whole let me i'm going to do this so pull us back because sure, i really sure, want please, steph yeah, yeah. i want i want steph to have a chance to ask some of the questions that he he probably had in mind when he knew we were going to be interviewing you and and didn't get a chance and 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 if Steph, this is your chance. If you mm-hmm. look, at, if you if you reference back to the conversation that we already had, 
is there anything that you wanted to get elaboration on? I think probably is, is where I want to bring us. Uh, well, it's, it's kind of funny because I think uh, we, we already started off with the that question of um, like the fact that when you when you first created the PSAs, it was it was like I'm going to sit down and do this thing for fun because I got this this uh, a compilation or the the GI Joe film that had the the PSAs or had most of the PSAs on it, and that just sounds like a I, I'm bored this weekend. I want to do something fun. I'm going to get some friends together. We're going to do some voice acting, and we're just going to do this thing. And there's there's no plan for like you know, step one, we make these step two, we release them on the internet. Step three, you become <laughs> internet fan. You know, you know what I mean? It, it's, it's literally just the act of doing for the sake of doing it, but then it becomes something else. And then it becomes something that, I, I mean, I still remember when, when, um, you know, the first friend who told me about them and, sh- and then we sat there and we watched them and we tried to find more of them. And then, you know, over the next few months, hearing more and more about them from other people and saying, yeah, yeah, you see, oh, did you see this one? Oh, which one's your favorite? I mean, they were a big deal. Uh, and they were funny and they were, they were, uh, they, they were just great. They were memorable, but ooh, I just find it so interesting that it was, it comes from a project that was literally just done for, I want to do this thing because it's funny. So, how like how does how do you even reconcile that the that sort of the fact that they are now so much larger than anything you you could have uh, imagined when you first sat down to to make them like how do I reconcile it well like how do, like, <laughs> well it's twenty years old like <laughs> I, it can vote. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. It is almost twenty years old. That is yeah. crazy to think about. Yeah, I just you know it's funny because we 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 talked about we talked about the fact that you know you went very quickly into it was almost it, it, and I I hate to I don't want to I'd like to get your take on it obviously but when you talked about the effect of it going viral and I you didn't know how to approach it right like it was just yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because you're a, you're, and I don't want to put, I don't want to make you into something you're not, but you seem like a super genuine person to me. So it's, it, it, yeah, I'm a little bit too genuine by fault. I think maybe that is like a double edged sword. I think so. If you could be a little phony, it probably would help you. Yeah. (laughs) No, but, but, but but I think that, you know, I I think you've managed to create a, a career out of, out of one, being only interested in doing the things you are passionate about, right? Like you, yes, correct. It was, it was, that was an overarching theme of the conversation was you pursued things that you really wanted to do as opposed to you pursued things because of the paycheck. Yes. Yeah. No, I would only do things that I was passionate about. And, you know, I don't, I, you like the thing that just gets you up in the morning and you can't wait to get started. You know, I've been, I've been or done those jobs where like, I just didn't, I didn't want to get out of bed. I, you know what I mean? You know, you had yep. those days and had those feelings. So, um, you know, once you do a handful of those, you're like, you just got to stop. Well, what's the point? Well, and, and, and this, and this brings me to, to the response to, to Stefan's question it, it is like, how do you reconcile what, what happened? You, you have reconciled it by being a genuine person who pursues the things that, that, 
please you as opposed to pursues the things that you know are going to succeed further along the line. I think more than that too, it, the, the idea like because of you, your intent for the PSAs was never more than, uh, you know, like showing it to people, bringing them joy, doing it in, in a gallery setting when it ex- when it explodes and becomes something larger, does that then change your perception of the PSAs? Or are you still like, no, like I meant for them to be this funny, you know, joyful yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I never changed the perception. I think just maybe outwardly perception of it because, um, you know, it went on to a bunch of websites and everyone hosted them and maybe people perceived them as like, I guess back then and now as content or, you know, like what it is called today. Um, But no, to backtrack, or maybe this is just reiterating what I said before, but I mean, I made those things really just for one and foremost to make myself laugh and maybe Mm -hmm. a couple of my roommates and friends. It was really just a small bubble where I was making them at work and just trying to make like a few of the editors, you know, myself, Doug Lessenhop, who worked on them and, and to laugh. And I, maybe I talked about this before on, uh, when we talked, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't really, I have bad memory. Um, oh, that's but, okay. We talked, um, <laughs> we talked, um, but I, re- I remember, um, you know, making the first four or so like, um, and putting them onto a VHS tape. And um, yeah. my roommate, my roommate at the time, um, Michael Rodriguez, he did the voice for the Roblox one, the one that uh, who wants a body massage. And um, I was working on it at work and finished it. And I was like, I want to go show it to Mike, show him the finished product. Because all he did was like, I just told him to read some lines like, hey, read this line, do it this way, do it that way. And he didn't get to see the editing. He didn't had no idea what I was going to do with it. <laughs> and I think he was probably confused, like, what the hell am I saying, you know? Right. Um, and so when I brought it back, I remember, and this is a very fond memory of mine, because Mike is my dear friend. Um, we must have watched that that tape, all four of them, and it's specifically the one that he worked on. Mike Mike kept rewinding it. Um, <laughs> like, I, I swear, we must have watched it 50 times. That's um, great. And he... And he couldn't stop crying and laughing. Like the first time, uh, he was like, like pretty close to peeing in his pants. He couldn't breathe. <laughs> and um, to see your best friend laugh like that, you know, you know that experience when you have a really oh, yeah. close friend who've known yeah. a long time, and yeah. you're making them laugh like, like to the point of like, like, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? Yeah. Um, like, there's nothing better. There's no better feeling to be honest. Right, right. Right. So, yeah. So that was like, that was, you know, that was a moment where, um, I knew that like, Hey, you know, maybe I should finish all of these. These are, these could be pretty funny. And I would like to make Mike laugh that much. You know, it, it's funny when you think contextually the, the time of, of when you made them, that wasn't that long after that cartoon had been actually in, in live production, right? In like circulation, that, right? Yeah. yeah so. Like, like for us, contextually speaking, the GI Joe cartoon had actually that had only been maybe ten years since it yeah, had been. Yeah, you're about right. Yeah, I mean, like eighty 
six, I think the movie came out and, and right. I started making the PSAs and so the kids and us who are like like that this would be people doing like like Jar Jar Binks things ten yeah. years ago. You know what I mean? Like I I, yeah, I, it, yeah. I never put the context of it together until just the second you said it was like I think part of the reason that when it was released in 2000 or what, uh, 2000, I want to say 2001. Oh, uh, no, it was, I put it up on the net. I'd say around 2000, 2000, end of 2002, 2003. Okay. Well, even better. So, so when I think about that, like I was 20, right. Or no, sorry. I was 30, 2002. Oh my God. I'm so fucking old. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> that's cool it's cool it's no big deal i'm not oh god i'm dying inside but when i think about the They're context when i think I about think, the context of it we can go we can go another ageism is a really bad thing too but go back well, to mm. doesn't matter doesn't it, it doesn't I, everything i say is self-deprecating and I'm, I'm actually very comfortable with myself okay good but when i think about the context of gi joe being so formative for myself at sure. you know at, at that time to see those PSAs done in such a irreverent fashion, like that's part of why they hit right in that moment. Like they wouldn't hit the same way now because nobody would have the context as far as like, it. you know, it's kind of like how commercials are using music from the nineties because that's how the, that's how art directors and whatnot, that's where their music came from. So like in 10 years, it's going to be Lady Gaga and, whomever yeah, else it's like the know? 20 year that's the 20 year rule it, it happens in fashion it happens with everything yeah and i think it just has to do with the fact that what you're saying right is that yep. these people that are making things are the stuff that we see and, and um whatever are you know young professionals and and they're only calling back to what they know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um no oh, it's so, so weird i didn't catch up on that i didn't catch that the last time now i'm like that's super contextual that you, you twigging off of it, finding it in a, in a bargain bin going like, Oh my God, I, this, this movie, I remember this and having the PSAs yeah. as a, and, and then having the equipment mm-hmm. available to you mm-hmm. to rip it. Like that's, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. I, that's so funny. I've yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but like I, I didn't have a computer when I made those things, I had to work on them either at work. And then I, I got enough money that I um, uh, that I got an external drive, and then would take that external drive around to friends' computers and work off of their computers. <laughs> yeah, that's so, like, awesome. It was a very bare bones kind of project where you know, um, yeah, no. Well, it, it is what it is for the time it yeah. was, you know. Yeah, like it's, yeah. It is like that. So, and then I think, I mean, you. You never just said, "Great, okay, these these PSAs are are popular. I'm just gonna do this now. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna get someone. I'm gonna pay someone to build a website and host them, and I'm gonna make a sequel." Like I just feel like what made them so great was the humor. You know, it, it you know you picked you picked an interesting uh, animation to use as your medium, but it was the humor that made it fun, that that made it work. And that humor, like seeing that you moved on to Tim and Eric after that, or you know, did did other stuff with with Adult Swim, uh, if I remember from the interview. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm right. just like, yeah, that makes total sense because 
those were like the humor there, like it just maps, you know, like that made me laugh. This makes me laugh. You know, and I just, again, that sort of speaks to this idea that, that it, it wasn't so much great. I've now got the thing, you know, the PSAs are the thing that I do well. It's, it's, I think that at the very least, it seemed like, were you confident in, the idea that, yeah, I made a thing that's funny because I can make things that are funny and now I can go do something completely different and bring that same, you know, uh, passion and, and, and joy to what I do next. Yes. The answer to your question. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that's not to my journalism own... right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I'm sorry. I'm not. The, the answer is yes. Um, next. I think I was telling, I was telling you before that I'm so bad with these interviews. So it's really refreshing. You're really to not. You, say that. It, you know, you're really, really not at all. No. <laughs> so, so to elaborate I, on your answer. Okay. Well, I'm going to try to, but I, I will toot my own horn. I do think I'm a funny guy. I think it's yeah, um, a strong point that I have or, or uh, a skill. Um, so I'm very confident that you put me in any situation and I can look at the lighter side of things and look at the humor um, in good way. And, and actually, I'm always trying to push what is funny because um, uh, it's funny how comedy changes all the time. And, you know, my sense of humor. Um, oh, did you lose you? Nope. OK, my sense of humor. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's just weird, but uh, like, I wonder if uh, I wonder if I'm still funny sometimes. Like, is it like, have I, you know, because you look at some of the stuff that you thought was funny back in the day, and it's just not funny anymore. It doesn't hold its weight. Um, but, um, mm. you know, you I, know, I had an interesting I conversation like about comedy recently and 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 stefan probably has had the same conversation i was talking to a guy who's slightly older than me and i said did you ever do stand-up you and i you and i eric talked about stand-up and he had said i can't do stand-up because i don't know I, I think i'm just going to offend people and i had said you know real comedy is, is is not about offending people real comedy is about punching up or speaking to power like you don't or, or you're making fun of yourself. You're allowed to make fun of yourself or you're allowed to punch up. If you're punching down, it's not funny and offensive. That's just the way it is. And so like he he couldn't get it. And I think that's what is that 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 is what is good comedy and, and what has been your good comedy up until now. And you're not you're not ever you're not choosing someone of lesser standing to make fun of. Right, like you can be pretty sure that you're not being a jerk to somebody. I try not to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I that's, try not that's to be a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laugh a bit more than I should because I because I want to reinforce the things that I find are funny. Yeah. Otherwise, I could just deadpan the whole thing. Wouldn't you know? It's no big deal. All of it. <laughs> yeah. And if- comedy i'm just interested in what comedy will be like when when we get out of all of this or what we're going through i don't know comedy in my opinion or what at least what i've been seeing lately is just kind of uh taking a dip um yeah well when people are locked into their own homes right like it's it's far less like i'm i'm really enjoying 
what is turning into more sketch comedy. There are people who are they're practicing characters. They're doing they're doing like they're putting effort into their the timing. They're making jokes. They have definitive ends to their jokes. It's not just I'm going to scream at the camera until yeah, you yeah. laugh. I there are there is definitely some people that I'm watching on on um, Instagram explore that I'm like good for you man like you're really and not just men sorry good for you person like good for you they're they're actually putting effort into what they're thinking about the funniest comedy that I'm seeing right now is um, on Twitter um, Mm -hmm. by some you know young um, New York comedians um, just making stuff in their house I wish. I had their names and I could give them a, um, a shout out. And also I like this guy, um, Chris, oh, man, his last name, he made Summer Heights High and he has a new show on Netflix called Lunatics. Well, one of us can look that up. <laughs> I think that guy is such a, such a genius and hilarious and so funny. Um, but yeah, comedy is just kind of in a weird, um, well, weird it's, spot it's, right now. it's, it's in a, At it's least a, for me, it's in know, a very traditional people, space, okay. you know, yeah, it's it's a weird space. At least for me, I just no. It's I hard think for, for me everybody, to find something and really like you know cry and have that good laugh, which I I'm always you know yearning for. Um, well, I mean, maybe it's that's funny. A good thing. Maybe I I think I think we you know we watched uh, Vine come in and all of a sudden six mm-hmm. six second videos. You had to be funny in six seconds. Was like like the you know Will Sasso had done a bunch of like really funny videos with his six seconds and it was always do you think Vine like a, was ahead of its time because you look back yeah. at some of those Vines and yeah. like Vine was so ahead genius. of its time yeah mm-hmm. no like, Vine was totally ahead of its time so good and the mm-hmm. real problem is is it elevated the wrong people and it, and, and the people that, that succeeded in Vine well now you're they, just talking they, about the internet yeah <laughs> well that's true but it's like <laughs> Sorry, the people, no, that, the people that really became popular with Vine they've managed to parlay that into like a successful career in other ways, but it's, there's a certain level of, there's a lack of what's the word I'm looking for. Humility, humility and craftsmanship. Yeah. So it's like, I managed to get a ton, all of it, all of it, all of it, you know, like, I mean, you, as someone who has dedicated their life to being funny, which is kind of what you did. And still do. It, well, that's your life is not over, Eric. So, do you not do you not find it it most troublesome to watch sloppy comedy, to watch sloppy well, workmanship? Like, no, it does. See, I just asked no yes, yeah. no question. I mean, <laughs> do you ever reach out and go? I've got, I, I've got advice. You know, huh? No, that's a, I'm making a bad joke. Um. Yeah, no, it bothers me when I see people making stuff for tons of money and they just like, you know, mm-hmm. pardon my French, like poop the bed. Yeah. Um, but you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, again, like my mind race when I talk about this stuff, because you got to like, you know, give people credit for trying and, you know, at least they they went for it, you know, like well, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. And, and I also don't want to sound like I'm above anybody either, because I, you know, although you, you guys praise the PSAs and think they're great. And a lot of people find them very funny. You know, you asked me last time we talked, like, what's your favorite one? And I couldn't answer it because, uh, and again, I don't want to sound pompous, but uh, I think, uh, again, I think I can do better. I think I can, 
make funnier stuff and maybe I've moved on. That's not being pompous. No. Uh, I think I've moved on from that type of comedy. I look at that and I kind of go, oh man, like I was. My, my point of view is always that your favorite project should be the next one. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Always. I, I like the work that I've done. That was great. Uh, and like you said, I I always feel like I could do better. So I always have a hard time uh, when I get compliments on work that I've done because I'm always like, yeah, it's not exactly you know how I wanted it to turn out. Oh, it's good. Or, oh, I want to move on to other things now. Um, and I just sort of realized it's okay. It's okay that people like the stuff that I did uh, it, and want to talk about it uh, yeah. because I, I think that's the other end of the spectrum is that you often have actors or comedians who don't want to talk about their past work because they have this new stuff that they're interested in. Yeah. I mean, people, people like the, you know, the, the work that was created. So, you know, celebrate it, but, but yeah, yeah. I, I like focusing on the next thing. And that, that's sort of part of that as well as like, you, you made a great thing. And then you made another great thing and then you worked on a great show. And then, you know, like you're continuously doing stuff. And that's what I love is it's not just this um, flash in the pan. And that I think we're kind of saw in, in when we were talking about vine, but there's another aspect that I wanted to bring up about vine. Um, because I think that there were a lot of companies that got involved when they saw what they thought was the next YouTube, they saw all this content going on on YouTube and they thought, Oh, you know, like it's outside of the system of talent agencies and studios. And it's just people putting videos up and they're getting tons and tons of, of hits. I was going to say just quickly, but then they quickly got a grab of that. And now they're totally a part of it. And, and so. they, and they, they just like pummeled the creativity into the ground. That's what I think happened. It's like, as soon as it became, we're going to, we're going to assign these kids to make vines and to do this. And, and we're going to, we're going to, like, I, I mean, the company I worked at, we got approached by one of these companies that here's our roster of, of vine and YouTube stars, you know, get, give us an idea for content for what we can do with them. I'm like, so they literally signed people without knowing what to do with them. And at the same time, I'm like, but these are the content creators. Why, why are you coming to us? Like, they're the ones who were making the content that made them popular. Talk well, to them. Yeah, but that's that's the problem with one-trick ponies, right? Yeah. Like, they run out of ideas, and the next thing you know, like, you're just going, okay. Like, the number of people, it's funny how many, Sarah Cooper is a good example of a one-trick pony that parlayed that into a career. And, and, and she is a genuinely funny person who took what she what she was doing as a talent like oh i can do i can create skits out of what donald trump is saying right and it was funny to watch and then she got signed to netflix and did it and did a special but they're not looking at her to do that exact same shtick and part of that i think is her mm -hmm. right like she's not a she's not a dummy she's she said well this is this is the roadmap, but there are people who only have one trick, and that that that's what they're sticking with, you know. So like there, there's the reason you have a bunch of content creators that they got good at doing one thing, and there was no expectation for for them to be good at anything else, and that's why companies that hired them out went like, well, we've got these content creators, they're going to do something, give us the content for them to create, which is a lack of creativity mm -hmm. at the end of it, right? Like. That's the real problem. I don't know. Yeah, like I was saying before, lack of experience. Um, yeah. 
like the best thing that can happen to any any new medium is that people think it won't make any money. Oh yeah. You know, because then the only people who are going to use it are the people who want to use it and want to do something really cool with it. And and right. <laughs> I, I just I think about video games really a, a lot about how how the video games industry started and it was just this like random assortment of people who said let's make games and try to figure out what this is and and no one ever really saw it as being anything that could rival film or television yeah you know and and now today it's become this friggin' behemoth and can we talk about that a little bit more actually i'd like to get yeah let's do that because like i feel like video games have become very stale Mm -hmm. yeah they haven't become very yep like they become very monotonous and repetitive and they haven't really um no one's really taken that leap to um make something new or make something feel different and to me, I feel like there is so much opportunity in that now, more so than ever. And our developers and video game places, I guess specifically some of the bigger ones, is it too much of a risk of versus reward to do that because of the amount of money it takes to make a game these days? And if it tanks, it's just like well, developers I and mean, video game places don't have the they don't have the say. They don't get to say what they work on. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I think. I think there's a there's a, a larger gamut. I mean, I mean, if you look at some of the stuff that's being done uh, in on the independent level, like indie games companies, you're going to find a lot more interesting stuff happening. Right, right, right. That's why I was saying big companies as opposed to indies. Right. Yeah. But but uh, but I mean, I mean, if you look at the probably one of the, one of the biggest and worst uh, examples of this or best examples of this is Ubisoft, who you know three years ago they basically made every game they put out was the exact same game skinned with a different brand. But, but people started to say, no, fuck you. We don't want that. You know, why did you make, why did you make our, our our military stealth game into, into the same thing as Assassin's Creed? Like, so, and I mean, that's not even touching on the whole, like, like if, if you think advertising is, is rough and the hours are terrible, like, holy crap, video games is like slave labor, you know, like to the point, like I still, it still blow, blows my mind that things like the, the concept artist for Horizon Zero Dawn committed suicide because he was so overworked or at least this is what his parents were saying that he was so overworked and was so the 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 atmosphere at his job was so toxic that that he just it drove him into depression and eventually to suicide i'm like is is that the playstation game yeah that's the the sort of like robot dinosaurs in the future okay yep so so this guy did like beautiful concept artist you know did these amazing drawings you know talented guy but was just crushed under this machine of game has to get put out, you know, work has to get done. We don't care if you want to go home and see your family, you know, or maybe yeah. we do care, but it's still at the end of the day, the, the, the bottom line is that we have to, we have to do this. It has to get done. Yeah. And there's something to be said for rolling up your sleeves and, and, and doing it. But when, when, you know, the, the 60, 70 hour work week, it doesn't become the exception. It becomes the norm. Then there's a problem. That is a problem. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Wow. I've always dreamed about working on a video game. I'd love to do that someday. Um, but now that you just told me that story, less maybe so, I less so. Well, less so. <laughs> That's just it. Like I was always. I want to get into AAA games. I want to make a game like like Horizon Zero Dawn. And now my thoughts are, I don't think I ever want to do that. I think I'd rather just 
<laughs> work on I something made, as, as a flash As a Flash developer, I used to make so many games. Like, it was one of those, like, because you could make one-off games that had multiple levels, different game elements, blah, 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 blah. And it, you know, there was, a, there was an inherent satisfaction in you delivered it and people played it and you got emails going like, I played your game. And now it's, if you didn't make the next whatever indie game <laughs> that's amazing you just wasted your your time you wasted your time and effort and like you're never going to see that money again and that's the problem is we all base it off of like am i ever going to see that money again i used to make games just for the shits and giggles of making games yeah and like you know that 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 harkens back to that original conversation of like you know for real you you didn't make those psas because you were, I'm gonna change the face of new media. You did it because you made you laugh, and you were gonna make your friends laugh. And yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Like it's that's how it all pro. That's how all projects should be, right? I mean, they really should. They really should. But we all have to. We all, all have the, to. I think translate. all the great art that you and I all like. Probably. I mean, we could probably one hundred percent trace it. Trace it all back to you know. Um, yep. Yeah, exactly what we're talking about. It's that, all that they the that love. they wanted to make it. It had nothing to do with wanting to make it for money. They wanted to make it in general. Yes, exactly. I you know, I I don't know. Like like Stefan and I started the podcast specifically to talk about projects that we weren't going to get it get off the ground, you know? And it mm-hmm. when I when I think when I think about some of the stuff that has happened since then, like one of my most endearing memories is the fact that we went we should start a podcast and we did it you know and i've and it was like you and i eric were talking and you said well do the stuff that you want to do like don't do stuff because you want to make money life's too short right life's too short short. we're we're here for um a short amount of time and um you know what no matter what you do like let's say you just have your dream scenario um, that you envision your life. Well, let's say you got there and achieved it. Um, guess what? You're still going to have some pretty bad days. You're going to have some terrible days. Yeah. No matter what. So when you think about it that way, at least for me, it's like, well, then if I'm going to always have bad, good days and bad days, then I, I and, and I'm going to only be here for a short amount of time, then um, I'm just going to try and, um, um, just do the best I can and, and do what makes me happy every day. And, and, and hopefully um, by making myself happy and, and being, I guess, you know, not to sound cheesy and new agey, but to be a light, then that, that can rub off on other people and, and, and make other people happy and become infectious. That I mean, that's all I think anybody can really hope for in life. Um, yep. at least from my perspective, not everybody may think that way, but, um, I think if we all did, uh, the world would be a different place, I guess. Um, I would think, I would think that's true. You know, here's, here's the, here's the, uh, question I have, and I, I don't know whether or not you want to answer it. You had, you had mentioned that, um, since the pandemic, you had been let go from where you're working. But uh-huh. when, when we, when we talked about a follow-up, you were like, well, I've been really busy. So have you, yeah. have you been, have you been working? Like you've, you've got some stuff going on. Um, I have been doing some freelance gigs. Um, for, I wish I could talk about them because they're actually pretty cool. 
Well, they're not out for your your episode's not going to be out for another month and a half. Will they be out then? <laughs> um, no, it won't be out. Damn it! So I, I'm afraid to even say when they'll be out because then maybe someone will be able to figure it out. Oh, um, okay. It's fine. I'm just happy you're um, working. I'm just happy yeah, you're working. Yeah. I'm not working right now. By it, man. I'll tell right you. Now, actually, I'm done. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I've been off this whole week. So I've just been working on my own stuff. Um, been writing, writing. I'm, I'm writing a television series right now. I think Ooh. I told you that before. On our last talk, I was writing a I television think, series. Uh, I think you did. And honestly, my memory is probably as bad as yours. So you're writing it as a pitch, or are you? Or is that something that you you've already gotten? Well, or can you say? <laughs> I mean, I can't. I mean, I probably shouldn't give out too much de- details about it, but yeah, the pitch. So there's is pretty... an alien, a dog. There's a guy <laughs> in a ship. <laughs> I'm not far off, actually. <laughs> no, I mean, those are uh... <laughs> just um, that's how my mind works. But yeah, no, I've been just working on my own stuff that's and. Good. Um, and doing that, um, I got maybe a possible job coming up um, in April, um, but I'm just waiting to hear back. But uh, I've just been using this time um, to work on my own stuff and relax. I, I went through a week here without any power, so I went through a really stressful period. Um, oh, right. Yeah, because you had a big a snowstorm, right? Yeah, we had a huge snor- snowstorm, and my power went out. I was out without power for like four days and it was just brutal. I, I like basically lived next to my fireplace, as you can see. Um, <laughs> well, it's very large. So that's the advantage right so there. So it kept me warm all day. And then, yeah, then I just bit the bullet because I was on a job at the time and I was like, I got to work on this job. Like, Need power. I got, yeah. So I uh, was lucky enough to um, go to a friend's house and um, – I stayed there for a weekend and finished the job there. Um, but yeah, I had a pretty stressful uh, February with the power and the ice storm that we had. Do you see yourself as kind of like an, a modern hippie? Like you, like when we talk about like, oh, I do stuff to make myself happy. Do you see yourself as sort of a modern hippie? I guess. I hate labels, but I guess. Sure. I guess I'm well, a hippie. I, like- and I asked I ask this, I ask this because... You've met, you have allowed, you have created a world around you that, that lets you sort of go, oh, I don't have any work. I guess I'll just work on my own stuff. You know, like you're not immediately scrambling to find, you know what I mean? Yeah, like well, you, you create a with peace within yourself. Like that. And I don't have kids and I'm not married. So, um, I guess, you know, I don't have a, I'm just, it's just me. So the I, overhead I, isn't there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, uh, if I was married and had kids, it would be a totally different story. What I'm saying is that like, we all make do based off the life that we are in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So and that's what I'm doing. I, I, like I am, I'm, I'm I am just, just, I am just happy to find it, to discover, to, to realize that you are not, you are not in a state of emergency. It would be more problematic if you hopped into this going like, I don't know what to do. I'm fucking starving. I haven't fed my dog in six weeks and I, he's eating I mean, fucking the cat and you know, that sort Talk of thing. To me in like, four months, and then let's do a follow-up, follow-up, and maybe I might be in that scenario. Who knows? I'm I, just gonna give you my phone number, and you can just text me, going is, like, "Oh my God, Hugh, what am I gonna do?" The world is uh, very different, and um, like everybody else, I'm just trying to figure out how to navigate it, and um, yeah, and 
and see where um, I can fit in. Or as Norm said on Cheers, it's a dog-eat-dog world out there, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Yeah, or like I sometimes I feel like um, uh, Brian Wilson, I wasn't made for these times. There's an artist in uh, Montreal named Connor Bell who uh, recently has talked about the environmental impact of NFTs and... In cryptocurrency, and, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's cryptocurrency, really bad. and he's like, but but he works entirely digital, so he's like, no, I will never be be minting one of my pieces for NFT work. It'll never happen, you know. With all due respect to the people that are making money, because there are a lot of our a lot of our peers who are making money. I'll never do it, you know, and he's a, he's a, he's a sweet dude. And it's funny to see someone who could definitely cash in who is 100% against it because of the environmental impact of it. So I think you can make your choices, you know, as someone who is, you know, from the nineties, a hippie and, 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 and swallowed my soul for advertising for a long time. I think you can make your choice on how are you going to, support the things that you believe in yeah no yeah so you could still do a you could still do a show 100 percent. you could still do a show okay i'll do it thanks man i appreciate that i'm really excited for see, see it on netflix in the fall our job is done <laughs> i actually want to do it for hbo that's hbo if you ever listen HBO to this go. hbo go what hit me up hbo go or apple plus <laughs> they're not listening to this no. podcast yeah they are <laughs> They are now. Yep, they are now. <laughs> once, once Fensler's mouth opened, boom, defense. Yeah. Listen, Another hey, role. here's the yeah. here's a can't sell this idea. By the way, so I had this idea earlier in, in the week, and you you guys you you two are probably the right audience for this. So wait, hold and, on a second. Can't can't sell this is like you started it to talk about ideas that you think of but never. Yeah. Um, that well, never came to fruition. That or that we tried to sell and couldn't sell. So yeah, like, like okay. I'll like share would, some of mine. You guys go first. That's great. <laughs> okay. This is a whole different episode. Then. <laughs> so here's, here's the idea I had this week that I thought would be really funny is I thought it'd be really fun. And this is based off of what happened in the pandemic recently. Uh, in the past year is you see a bunch of actors like sit together and they go like, it's the something, something anniversary of Scott Pilgrim. So we got the actors in Scott Pilgrim to sit down and do a table read. I want to do a podcast called table reads where you pick what script you want to read and you are in it and you get to read your character that you like and you pick whomever you want to be part of it. So I wanted to do a thing where it's like, you could say, okay, well, I want to do table read of Sons of Anarchy. This is the episode. This is the season. This is the scene. I want to do it. And and it's like, so you say, I need two women, three guys, and we're all going to get on Zoom. We're all going to record this. You know what I mean? And I want to call did it you, table reads. It's pretty good. Did, did you see that they did that? Like as at a charity event for Fast Times of Richmond High? Where yes, I know. That's what I'm saying okay. is I saw oh, that. Okay. I saw, I saw Sh- Shia, La- Shia LaBeouf. Do yeah, okay, you saw what's that, his name. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why I'm that's why I'm saying I think there's something to yeah. it. And when I told my wife about it, who generally has no support of anything I want to do, that's <laughs> not that's not true. I just like to say it like that. You I like said to so. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I wanted this table reads <laughs> thing, and she said, she said, what if it's always your stories? Like, why do you, 
why would anybody listen to that? I said, no, 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 but what if it was like, you could email me and say, I wanna do this video or I wanna do this scene from this movie and I just bring in extra people and all yeah. I do is narrate the action part. Scene opens, uh, interior I night. Think you got, I think you gotta at least try it once. Do it's one. worth doing, right? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Thank you, I appreciate that. I'm gonna do it. This is like, I have a hard time with these things because in a lot of cases I second guess myself into submission. I think you could even take it one step further and bring sound effects into it as well. I bought an entire sound effects pack. You don't even know. <laughs> I don't and know, but you're telling me. I did. I, <laughs> I spent 50 bucks and I, it was on sale. I bought this crazy sound effects pack that's all sorts of gunshots and shit. Mm -hmm. So I did a whole video where I, where I threw sound effects on it <laughs> just for the fun of it. Anyways, sorry. Yeah, so that's, my, like that that's my latest idea. Yeah, I'm going to call it Table Reads, the Table Reads podcast. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's three beers in. Wait till you hear what <laughs> beer four provides. <laughs> Eric, do you do you is there something else that you feel you want to pitch into this particular episode before I cut it all off? And I mean, you guys are the you guys are this is your rodeo, you know. So I'm just following your You're lead. You're just the really. clown in the bucket, eh? Is that the way that I goes? Mean, pretty much. <laughs> this is your rodeo, so you tell um, me. Let's if figure this out. Like before, before, okay, so Steph, do you have any yes. other questions? Is the question that I have for you? I I don't I don't think so. Not off the bat, we went on so many tangents. I think we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, okay. we went all over the place. Oh wow! I love it. I, that's my favorite type of episode. Can I also say before I hit stop, and this is yeah. this, this is what I want in the episode is that I pointed out the fact that that uh, Eric has worked with John C. Riley, and he sounds a lot like John C. Riley. And, a lot of you're not the only person that have said and that. And you pointed out that like when working with Tim and Eric, that like they would come around yeah. the corner. And go, I thought I was going to see John. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you're love not. It. You're not the only. I know one that I'm not the that. first. I know. Okay, you don't have to hurt my feelings. No, no I'm, I'm not. I didn't mean to you're hurt. Not, you're not I'm hurting my feelings. You know, you're, you're, not. you're not. I'm letting you know that you're not alone. <sighs> I'm not the first. That's the sad part. All right, <laughs> Steph, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, let's, can we thank you, Eric? We need to thank you because thank you once guys. again, this has been an incredible conversation. For sure. I, appre I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, we appreciate you probably a little bit more because you we're guys such are really huge sweet. fans. <laughs> anytime, anytime. <laughs> this episode of Can't Sell This was produced in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. All creative content in this episode is copyright Hugh Elliott and Stefan Grambart. Questions or comments can be emailed to admin at can'tsellthispodcast.com. Music for the podcast is provided by Not Of. Find Not Of at notof.bandcamp.com. Opening and closing voiceover provided by jeffwright.ca. If you enjoyed this episode, a like in whatever platform you use goes a long way to helping the podcast get noticed. Thanks for listening and keep creating.